0: Welcome to another episode of the One Step Better podcast. I'm your host, Mike Schaefer. And with me today, we're going to talk through a topic that is near and dear uh, to our hearts here at Patrick Accounting and Works. Really, it's something that we have uh, had to deal with a lot recently, and that is hiring new employees. So from our perspective, we have grown about 50% over the past 18 months or so, two years, and hiring has been a consistent theme of that, obviously. And we've learned some things that have worked well. We've learned some things that didn't work well. We've made some good hires, made some bad hires. And so Matt's with me today, and we're going to just talk through the, the general topic of hiring, what to look for in a person, what that process may need to look like, some pitfalls that we've experienced that maybe can share with you so you don't go through those same issues. So Matt, thanks for joining me today. Glad to be here. Uh, really looking forward to, uh, to having a conversation about hiring. Hopefully we can even maybe figure out some things that we're doing we uh, learn. poorly right now. Yeah,
1: we can learn better. Yeah, Is so that how you're supposed to say that? I don't think that's how it's supposed to be
0: said. This is going to be a topic that is uh, more of a behind-the-scenes conversation that, that we typically have in, in our environment. This is not something that we have 100% figured out, but it is something that we've made our share of mistakes and our share of successes in, and so hopefully we can glean something out of that that could help um, other organizations that may be going through the same thing. And so, <clears throat> Matt, let's let's... Start with the idea of um, when are you thinking, from a business owner standpoint, and you know we have our entire team in place, at what point do you start thinking about bringing on another team member?
1: So for roles that we have established already, let's say it's an accounting staff or an accounting manager or apparel staff, um, we kind of have an easy way to predict, uh, easier way to predict when it's time to start hiring. We know what our sales uh, pipeline looks like. We know what our historical retention rate on clients is. So we, and we understand what a normal uh, person in those roles kind of should be able to handle how many clients we have now. As long as we don't have turnover um, or somebody leaving unexpectedly, we kind of have a good way to project those plans out. Um, the harder part is when it's time to hire somebody who's not from an objective side, but more of a subjective side. So maybe one of our administrative people or a hey, we want to add another salesperson or we want to add a new role. When is the right time to do that versus, you know, taking the hat off of somebody else that's wearing a current hat and opening that role up to specific for some person? Or are we just, you know, trying to figure out what makes sense uh, from a, you know, to help, how to leverage our team or, or uh, create some capacity amongst our whole team? So there's a little bit different, but I typically would say, you know, we're going to try to do some predictive understanding of where we are versus where we're trying to get to we're, we're aggressively growing in nature. And if we're just trying to fill positions, like right now we are still trying to fill another position, um, from an accounting manager standpoint, we want to know if we bring that person on, how much capacity do we have currently for that person? So what are they going to do now? And how long is it going to be before they're at full capacity? And then what happens if they don't work out? What happens if we end up finding two great candidates? What does that look like? We've done that a lot over time is hire two people for the same role. With the intent of um, maybe, I say, hedging your bet a little bit, understanding that you may not hit a hundred, you know, hit thousand every time you hire. So, um, but overall, it's just kind of doing a good, a, as good a job as we can as predicting uh, future future needs.
0: I, I think about hiring from a small business perspective in kind of two categories. You have your micro size organizations out there that maybe it's a one-person shop that are bring that's looking to bring on that first employee, and it's like me- medium. You know, that could be. You know, we're five employees in, or fifty employees in, uh, and those are two different conversations, two different processes, two different mindsets behind what that hire looks like. I I've always, you know, from from the perspective of a micro size organization, if you're a one person shop that's really looking to bring in on that first employee, the employee that you're bringing on really needs to be a revenue producer of some kind. You're generally not looking to hire an administrative type employee for that number one hire typically.
1: Yeah. It depends on the business you're in, but I can see that being the case. What I would say is you have to think about it being you've just doubled. Well, let's say you're a one or two person shop. Every hire you make, you're changing your culture. Even if it's a one person culture by a hundred percent or by 50% by just hiring that one first or second person. So you make sure you're having something that you want to be around a lot. And, um, our first hires were administrative, but that was to leverage me so I could produce in the, t- in the very beginning, Let my, my first employee, I couldn't package tax returns and meet with clients and do tax returns and do books. I could, there were certain tasks I could get off of me real quickly. That was a hat I could get rid of with administrative tasks to do that work myself. If I'm a lawn care business though, I'm probably hiring another guy to help me cut yards.
0: Right. But even your first hire wasn't a hire. That was simply a back office, go do these things, and everything else was flat. It was go do the things that are keeping me from generating more revenue. Correct.
1: Yeah, it was leveraging revenue, I'd say. yeah. How could I maximize revenue with two people versus just myself?
0: Right. And so it was able to free you up to be more of a rainmaker than you otherwise would have been because you had some more administrative. So when I say a revenue producer, it sometimes is that admin person that's going to free somebody up. To do leverage to to to, to do more revenue producing. It's a leverage
1: employee in my mind. Any way they can leverage revenue, capacity, or you know, actual dollars produced.
0: Yeah, for those medium-sized organizations that that are adding, you know, employee number eleven or employee number fifty-one or whatever it may be, you still have to worry about the cultural impact of that person, but it's not as impactful. As that first or second hire, generally speaking.
1: Yeah, I mean, every employee you have changes your culture. Every employee, um, they bring their own perspective, their own reality back to the team. That being said, when you're hiring number 11 or number 51, probably have a better understanding of what your culture already is. Or at least you, sh- you may you may have a better understanding of what that culture already is, and you're probably looking for people that already fit in that culture. it's a little. So it's not as life-altering. At least you should be. At least you
0: should be. At least you should be. Yeah. Um, because the reality is, any, anybody who's out there that's hiring somebody needs to have a process by which that candidate is going to go through. And that process needs to include uh, some type of cultural type, audit's probably a strong word, but a fit type uh, assessment to see, is this person going to come in and actually add value to my organization, or are they going to take us into a different direction from a cultural standpoint, you know, if, if your culture and your, and your company is we're going to play ping pong, you know, a couple hours a week, and we're going to play cornhole, and we're going to drink beer and hang out and have a good time, and we'll get a little bit of work done as well, and you're bringing somebody in that is very stuffy and corporate
1: and… Task-oriented or whatever. Yeah,
0: then that's going to create some tension. Correct. Right? Uh, and and so, maybe
1: that's what you want. Or maybe that's not what you want. (laughs) It just depends on what you're hiring (laughs) for.
0: I'm I'm hiring somebody to bring some tension, just so we we can have some excitement. We need to get back to
1: work around here. (laughs) Yeah, enough this ping pong stuff. Yeah, absolutely. What I think of is intentionality. So you know, as we're hiring, it's you know what what I think it's 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 being intentional with the person you're trying to find, the role you're trying to fill, the characteristics you want, and you're being strategic um, minded. Um, on where you want to head, don't, you shouldn't be like a lot of businesses, I think smaller and also smaller businesses probably have this case, but also when there's a lot of large businesses that have a hard time finding people, it's, you kind of hire what's available, not necessarily what's the best fit.
0: Yeah. And that, you can run into some issues going down that road. I know we've talked a lot about through the history of, of, of our company, the need to hire somebody can sometimes outpace the ability to find the right person. And, uh, you know, nine times out of 10, filling that role at some point can come back and bite you in the butt.
1: It does. Um, you know, I think of, I'm thinking of a couple of clients right now. You know, we have restaurants right now they are having a hard time getting people back to work. Um, I'm assuming they're probably a little bit open, a larger funnel or a lot of, uh, their, their intake is a little bit broader than it used to be when the market is, you know, super tight, and they need they don't they only need one person. They're they're okay right now staffed. So it just depends on the what they're trying to fill. But if you desperately need a cook for a Friday night shift and you don't have one, the guy that can cook is or the lady who can cook is going to get hired, regardless of how they fit in your culture. A lot of times, and so I think that's part of the. You know, we're in a very different position right now than other businesses were. If, if we're hiring, we're very hiring very much on the strategic side, not on the I have to have somebody to do this job. I can't get my work done. Thank God. But we have had that in the past. So it, it does, you know, you tend to put, try to put a square peg in a round hole sometimes, and that's not, not a great fit for anybody.
0: Yeah. And it's really important to know what those key indicators are, that it's time to add a new person or time to start thinking about adding a new person far enough in, from in advance to be able to say, I'm not going to find myself in a position to where I have to hire out of desperation and bring in somebody who, in your example, they can cook really well. And that's all I need right now.
1: That they're a jerk and I don't want to be around them and they're not real reliable. They don't show up to work every day. You know, those kind of things don't matter.
0: Right. And so being able to identify, hey, you know, I'm going to have a need in six months, one year, whatever that looks like, and begin to build towards that is going to be really helpful to help a small business, specifically because it's going to, it's going to have, you're going to be in more control of what that hire looks like. Whenever you've planned out, this is the process I want to go through. This is the type of person I'm looking for, the skill set that is required in, I think to develop all of those things, it really just takes, it, it takes a person to, to look at your current team and say, who are my rock stars and what are the qualities about them that makes them
1: successful in their role? Yep. Um, you know, I agree a thousand percent. You know, it's like I said, it's very, you have to be intentional with where you're trying to hire. Taking a couple steps back though, one of the things we often hear is, I don't know if I can afford this next person. I don't know if I'm hiring this person now versus later because of my budget. I don't know if I'm hiring the right role right now. Should I be hiring this role versus that role? Um, as accounting firms, I, I'm fortunate enough to meet with a lot of other accounting firms, and uh, through a couple of different organizations, we're a part of PASBA and IPPA and everything else. One of the questions that we often hear is, it am I better off hiring a salesperson versus a, a accounting staff, or am I better off hiring a manager versus a bookkeeper? Or when's it the right time to hire the front, you know, the, your receptionist or another administrative person?" And those are all decisions that it's the tactical then is like, what, what's going to give us the best leverage? What can we do the most with in the short term? How can we maximize our budget? So all those things kind of go into your decision-making process of, okay, who am I going to hire? When am I going to hire? How much do I gonna have to pay? What's it going to do when I hire this person? How does our organization change? And all those things kind of go into your decision-making process. And I think it's the same thing with any business. If I'm a dentist and I have it's time to hire another dentist, I have plenty of seats. Okay, well, if I hire a dentist, I'll have to hire another receptionist. I have to hire another hygienist. I have to hire probably somebody to help me with more intake or outtake. Um, All those things start to to the byproduct of that. Also the budget there. Okay. But if I'm a dentist working three days a week and I can hire another hygienist and maybe I can improve my schedule by their day, now I can leverage myself better. You know, it just depends. So strategically, you want to think through kind of what your plan is. If you do hire this person, what's that going to mean?
0: How those dominoes fall from that hire. So, you know, we've hired dozens of people over the years, um, some good, some bad. What, what are some of the, uh, the, the big glaring, looking back over it, mistakes that have popped its, popped its head up because, you know what, we either hire too fast or too slow. Or, yeah.
1: What are, what are some of those horror stories? We've made a lot of mistakes, um, mistakes a number of different ways. Uh, you know, first, early on, we hired um, somebody – well, first of all, we didn't know the role we were trying to hire for. We weren't strategically thinking that through. I found somebody who had an accounting background and paid that person kind of similar to what they were making before. However, they had never done our job that we ever would do here. And so I quickly realized I was overpaying this person for basically, we were basically probably losing money with this person doing work. We were paying them more than they were actually able to ever produce. That's not real smart. We also hired, um, Early on, we hired family and friends, which is also a hard to hold them accountable. Um, while we got a lot of flexibility and a lot of trust, probably not the best person for the right role. And so you have people that are struggling to succeed because they're not best prepared coming into the role. Hiring um, family is, is, is difficult. It's super hard. I mean, I still have a family member here today. Um, but It's it, a little bit different when it's your why. It is. And <laughs> it is hard, though. It's a hard job. Her job is very hard. I treat her like my wife sometimes here in the office. I treat her like an employee sometimes in the office. I have the quickest fuse with her than I have of anybody here in the office. Um, I talk to her like I, like I would talk to my wife sometimes. And she talks to me like my, as her husband instead of her boss. And, and so it's always awkward. Um, we put people in very awkward positions sometimes in meetings. And so it is important that we kind of consciously think those things through. We've done better at it lately, but it's been...
0: If you're hiring family, I think it's important to have a clear boundary to say, in the office, you are my mom or my dad or yeah. my sister or whatever it is. All right. So, you know, you're my employee in the office. At, at outside of the office, you are just normal family. And so. Uh,
1: it's hard with your wife, though.
0: Yeah, Sure.
1: Because she doesn't care. <laughs>
0: yeah, he, She's not going to come in. See, hey, Mr. Patrick, I have yeah. a question for hey, you. Hey, jackass,
1: you forgot to tell <laughs> me this again. And you told me you're going to do it. Now you made me look bad. And you called me out in front of everybody. And made me look bad again. If you do it again, I'm going to punch you in the face. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: You don't have other employees that
1: are coming to you and saying that same thing. No, not too often. Mike does, but other than that, it's fine.
0: Yeah. Kim. I'm going to kick you in the head. Yeah. Yeah, hiring, obviously, hiring family is difficult. It is a difficult My first hire is my mother-in-law, and she
1: worked here for over 10 years. Uh, We got along great. She was a very important person in our organization when we hired her. Over the years, um, we took responsibilities away from her. Um, She started off doing bookkeeping and administrative work. Had done very light bookkeeping in the past. Um, had never worked in an office environment like this before she came in the travel industry. So it was kind of just learning all the processes. But she did a great job managing our AR. We did a great job. The conflict happened more along when we hired Mandy. So her now her and her mom working together. So it created more do, you know, dynamic there. Um, from a hiring standpoint, other issues we've run into over the years, you know, you, you asked the question of what, you know, what, what have we done poorly. You know, the, the, we've done the, the common ones, right? We've hired out of desperation. Um, we've, we've hired with not a role defined for the person we're hiring. We have an idea of a role and we haven't defined it well enough before we hired the person. So we didn't put the person in the best seat or the best potential, uh, for success. Um, we were, um, what else have we done? Uh, we hired people that can do the job necessarily, but they didn't fit culture wise or reverse they're great culture wise and they can't do the job. So all those things kind of have been common themes that I'd see over the years. We have a couple of roles in an organization that are super hard to hire from the outside, just because we don't have other businesses doing kind of what we do in some of the areas that we that we do start, we provide services. And so, understanding that on the front end and having the patience and the budget to put up with the it could be two or three years before they're fully up to speed is, is a difficult process.
0: That is tough, and it, I don't think that's unique to us. No. It's it's easy to say because you know you you look at oh, it's Patrick Accounting. You guys do accounting. I have an accounting degree, therefore I should be able to work for your company. And what we have found over the years is that is nowhere near accurate. No. The type of accounting that we do, or you know, it's debits or credits is the same as anybody else, but the type of accounting that we do and the passion for helping small businesses and the skill set that it takes to be successful here is extremely different than if you were to go get a job as an accountant in some private organization yeah. or even in a, a different accounting firm.
1: Yeah, accounting firm wise, there's usually two general routes. Those routes are a piece of what we do, but they aren't what we do. And then on the private side, it's there's no time versus work; it's just work. And you may be working with one group of, you know, one entity or one group of entities, but our staff are probably working with fifty on an average month. So the pick up and put down, the chase, and the different personality types you have to deal with with fifty different clients. The person working in private. While well, they can do the debits and credits, they haven't had the speed nor the uh, juggling that you have to do in yeah. public accounting. Yeah. It's just a little bit. It's a very hard role. And one of the
0: things that has been successful for us is in the interviewing process when we're bringing on candidates is to call that out explicitly. Because from the outside looking in, oh, that's another accounting oh, firm. Oh, you guys
1: use QuickBooks. I know QuickBooks. That's yeah. fine.
0: Yeah. Um, and so in the, in the interviewing process, one of the things that we explicitly call out is here is why someone would fail in the role that you're interviewing for. Here are some things that we've learned over time. What you think this job is, is not what it actually is. So let's paint a true picture of what it is in order to help that candidate understand what they're getting into a little bit on the front end. And the reality is that's, you know, we talk about that from our perspective because that is what we're used to, but that's true for every other small business out there. If you're, I don't care, I mean, think McDonald's and, and Wendy's, right? They're two very different companies. McDonald's and Chick-fil-A, two very different companies but at the end of the day, it's fast a fast food, food place, right? right? And so the, every single organization has things that are specific to them from their culture, from their processes, what they do, their product even, that is going to make that unique. And it's very important for small businesses in the, in the hiring, interviewing uh, arena to understand what is unique about them and explain that to the people coming in. Because it's going to align, make, make that, that conversation better aligned to the true success of that candidate if Absolutely. they do ever make it.
1: Yeah, I mean, in our world, you know, part of the things we've realized over the time was we, like you said earlier, was we've kind of identified people that have been super successful here. So we want to try to find those same skill sets in others as we're interviewing, um, knowing that there's certain things we can teach or certain things that you just have to be able to be good at the time of the day you walk in but also there are certain characteristics that tell us you're going to be successful here right off the get go. You know, we have a couple, you know, in each role, like, you know, these, if you do these things and you have these characteristics in nature, you're probably going to be pretty successful doing what we ask you to do or what you need to do here. If you don't have these things, this is where you have to overcome and it's really, and it can be a big, big hurdle to overcome sometimes and it can be a deal breaker in the long term if they can't, because you know, if they can't, they, there's some things we have to be able to do in our roles here that just, you know, it comes out of a really apparent, really quick.
0: And one of those things that we've really keyed in on about uh, probably about two years ago or so now is the idea of having some framework in place for every single candidate that comes through our door in any position whatsoever. It doesn't matter. They're looking. We're looking for three things specifically, and, and we've talked about it on the podcast before, and social media. We've shared a lot of content on this, but it's the idea that we're looking for candidates that are hungry, humble, and smart. Yep. The idea that somewhat somebody is hungry means simply that they're going to come to work and they're going to work hard. They know what a hard day's work looks like and they're going to chase that to the nth degree. They're not afraid to get their hands dirty and figure things out.
1: Yeah, Hungary's is a big one. Um, you know, their desire to want to do things better, want to be better themselves, um, uh, they want to keep being inquisitive, asking lots of questions. Those are the people that succeed in our world.
0: Yeah, and then that, that second characteristic, humble. One of our core values is team first, and this is where humility of an individual really shines. Um, it you know it kind of fits into all of our core values, but specifically that team first one is where we start to see someone who has a, a level of humility about them really understands to to the idea of helping the team succeed. Sometimes means I don't get called out as an individual. What humble does not mean. And this is something that we have to fight consistently in the hiring process. humble does not necessarily mean that you're not confident in your abilities. Not me. That you're not yeah. It's I just understand that the world doesn't revolve around me, that I'm part of a bigger picture. It revolves around me. (laughs) Yeah. Until Mandy comes in here and kicks you in the face. No,
1: honestly, it is it I find this to be the one I probably this is the in my world, I look at this as the number one value they have to have here means they're teachable, they're coachable, they understand that we're all learning and we're all, we're all going to figure this out together. Um, you know, I find that, you know, this is one that, being humble about myself, I feel like this is what I, I just to lead along, lead, lead the pack the best with, which is, you know, I think it's understandable that we're all trying to figure this stuff out. Um, we're going to make mistakes. we um, going to make mistakes here, but we're going to try to do our best of and you know, best to get it, get it better and get it right.
0: I find that the teachability component of someone with humility makes the world difference in our company because we're not just a normal um, accounting firm on the inside. Someone who comes in with the idea that we are has to be able to pivot off of that relatively quickly to know this isn't going to be the case any longer. And so they have to adjust their skill set, adjust their um, work product, all of those types of things in order to actually fit into what we're doing. And if they have that level of humility that where they're teachable, it's going to be more beneficial for that person. Absolutely. That last one is, I always think this is kind of your favorite one to talk about is yeah. the idea of smarts.
1: Yep. So this is not being smart. Obviously we yeah. want to hire smart it's Not people. IQ. Yeah. Your ability to learn is not what this is. Um, this is your ability to deal with people. I mean, we often, you know, one of our characteristics we actually look for is people that have had weight staff and, uh, experience or, working with the public, people dealing with people and how they handled it. Those are huge characteristics here. We deal with all types of different people and the ability to interact with them is super important, but it's also important. This is something you want to have a beer with sitting down next to and have a nice conversation with. We work with each other every day. We want to be around people we like. Um, and this is kind of where that starts. This is the, you know, our value of empathy, empathy for others is understanding their, you know, the reality our clients are in and that creates the ability for us to be, Smart when it comes to dealing with those people. Hey, this is guy is a hothead. Okay, let's talk through that. Now, or this person is a person who is never in front of a computer. What do we need to do there? But our ability for our staff to communicate well, you know, abnormally well with our clients is our one of our goals. And so, this is where it starts.
0: One of the questions that we ask in every single interview that we do that's geared at trying to get to uh, this level of of understanding about a person is we ask the candidate to talk about. Some of the things that they do in their personal life that other people may find annoying, as well as what they find annoying about other people. And if they're unable to have clear examples of what that is, it is a big red flag that they actually don't have that people smarts that we need in order to read a room or read a a person they're communicating with and actually know, hey, you know what? When I'm biting my nails, that's really pissing everybody off around me or, or whatever it may be.
1: Chewing That's, ice, right? Yeah. And that one people have around here. Don't <laughs> singing chew ice. out loud. That's Kim. Don't chew. Yeah, singing or, yeah. Hey, all, you all know, those you're things. not. Yeah, all those things. Um, that is, you know, it is one of those big, it's a big characteristic of, of us being successful. We also have, obviously, detailed characteristics for each role. So it may be, hey, your ability to be, you know, dig into puzzles or, um, are you know, how are you with the time and time balance or work life balance and all this. We want to know those characteristics of, that make our people successful. Yeah, just to give you, you guys start... a,
0: an idea of what our process looks like, is we have a. Whenever you're applying for a job here, we have some assessment type uh, of tests that go out that a, a person yep. is going to do on the front end. From there, they're going to meet with uh, normally Caitlin, with our uh, who kind of handles all of our hiring and recruiting, and it's more of a cultural fit. Um, She's our first a, screener. Is that first screener? Yep. And then from there, we have a group interview round where. We're looking at four things and and judging a person based on four things. It's hungry, humble, smart. And the fourth one that we don't talk about that is more job specific is competence. Can you, you know, do we think you can actually do the job? And, uh, And inside of that competence piece is where we are getting into this role needs to have these skills. And so it's crucially important that you have an understanding of what is successful in each role and how we can find those people. But what we found to be um, true is that the hungry, humble, smart component of that must be met across the board in yep. every role that we're filling.
1: I will say what, one of the biggest things that we've done to improve this process is we standardize our interviewing process. We also standardize our interviewing questions. We standardize the, we have a scoring sheet, so we have a way to know objectively, you know, how each person graded them as opposed to, I liked them. They're great. They were really nice to me. I, I, I didn't ask them any questions, but they were friendly and they smiled and they talked to me. We talked about baseball the whole time or whatever. The next thing I know, I'm like, yeah, I love this person. I'm like, they don't know anything about accounting. Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't find that out until after I've hired them and I paid them for a while. and went, yeah, this isn't working. So this was our, you know, for our first stumbling block was, you know, getting a objective set of rules to hire people by. We still bastardize that sometimes. Um, but we're trying to not do that as frequently as possible. Uh, we get recruiters involved. That kind of changes our sequence a little bit. Um, we get referrals from people that kind of change our sequence a little bit, but the reality is, is we should follow our process every single yeah. time.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's funny. You know, We can point back to different people that didn't go through that same process for whatever reason. Yep. Um, there's always somebody so at some point it's down the road, it's like, man, I wish we would have followed Correct. our process because yep. we could have found that out of that out of that out. Um, The other thing I'll say is, you know, you you mentioned you you need a process to go through, whatever that looks like, and that needs to be consistent across the board. Um, We need to get other people involved. The more people that are looking at our candidates and talking to them, the more input and feedback you're going to get on that person. We're not looking for consensus. We're looking for information. Where are the blind spots in the hiring process that I don't know about a specific candidate. And the last thing I'll say is it's been been good for us because we've been forced to slow down a little bit. We do not push people through our hiring process at a fast pace anymore. We've, we have done that in the past and, and been burned from it. But for the most part now, that is a slow process for us. We have yeah. multiple rounds of interviews, assessments, where we want to understand a person on what is their level and ability from a professional standpoint. But that cultural piece of we're adding another person to our team, yeah. especially because of our growth over the past 18 months, two years specifically on our team, this has been extremely helpful Correct. for us to get as many people involved in that process. And that takes time.
1: It does. And I think what it really does for us too is it lets us be sure that we're going to hire somebody who's an ideal fit. Um, we also never turn off the faucet of recruiting, which allowed us to kind of be pickier. If, and we're not hiring out desperation. We flipped it finally. I'd say we flipped it in the last two years as far as hiring on the backside of, of needing them, as opposed to on the front side. And that helps us a lot more with the, all right, this isn't an ideal fit. It's just, it's just not. We're going to keep looking. Um, versus if I desperately need somebody, eh, they're close enough. Let's get them in here.
0: And, and last thing I'll say, and we'll wrap it up, is in the past two years uh, that we've been doing this, we have seen a decrease in our turnover rate. We have seen an increase in our employee satisfaction. and We've been awarded for it. Yep. You know, two years in a row, Memphis Best Place to Work. Yep. Um, that's kind of come out of some of these efforts to try to bring great people in the door, hold them to a, our standard, and then watch them do incredible things uh, in, their, in their role. Yep, we've
1: been really successful, I think, in bringing a wonderful group of people onto our team. Um, all have been able to, we have some new roles we filled. We have okay. the same roles we've always had. And it's been great to see us uh, kind of see some success from our labor and our past mistakes of the scars and battle wounds from doing it poorly for years.
0: We do have those. Well, listen, if you're a small business leader out there that uh, has gone through some hiring issues, positive, negative, we would love to hear about them. Uh, we we want to hear your stories. What are your horror stories? What are your victories? So, you know, leave a comment on uh, social media, wherever you're listening to our podcast or wherever you follow us, uh, send us an email, give us a phone call. These are stories that we would love to include in our normal uh, rhythms of, of talking to our people because it's always good to hear stories of, of others that are going through the same thing. So thanks for joining us today. Um, subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next time on the One Step Better podcast. Thanks, have a great day.